In the world today, there's many people that still say they believe in God, whether this is true or not. Many do not believe in His Son. It seems that those in authority, the kings, the rulers, the presidents, and all of that, are more prevalent, and I suppose it's because we see them and see their actions more often. But many of these people do not profess that there's a God. You know, even in, in the days of the children of Israel, when, when God was trying to take them out of, out of the captivity, and Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and, and asked him to let the people go. In Exodus, the fifth chapter, verse number two, Pharaoh said, who is this Lord? Who is this guy? And he says that, why should I obey him? And as we know the story, he said, I don't know him. I'm not going to do what he says. And I want to remind us again to think about this throughout the day that that's a prevalent belief today. When you talk about God to someone, and if you haven't talked to someone that don't believe in God, you will. If you haven't talked to someone that hasn't believed in Jesus Christ, you will. And when that time comes, we need to know how to show others or show the world what the Bible teaches about these things. Even the chosen people of God, they refuse to accept Christ. John 1 verse number 11, He came to His own and His own received Him not. Jesus came to this world to, to fulfill what was written in the law of Moses. And the people that should have known about His coming and what He meant to the world refused to receive Him. In John 1 again verse 12 through 13, Jesus said, But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So we those that will receive Christ have the power to become the sons of God. And we'll notice further as we continue to go this morning that Without the Son, we can't have the Father either. Turn to Ephesians, the second chapter, verse 11, through the rest of the chapter. I meant to tell you, and I suppose it's on the board, uh, uh, Charles does a good job for me. I'm not doing that, so it's beyond mine. But I suppose it's on the board that I'll be reading from the King James Version. And I realize that the version in the, in the pews are the new King James. So hopefully we can read them as we go along on the, on the PowerPoint. Begin with verse number 11. Wherefore, wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision that's made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. Notice, having no hope and without God in this world. The scripture says, as he's talking about it here, and he talks about us as Gentiles that weren't the chosen people of God. And he said, before Christ came, 
Notice what he said, you were without God. They didn't have God until Christ came. No one will have God or would have Christ without, I mean, God without the death of Christ upon the cross. They were not, the promises of God that were written in the law of Moses were not to them because they were not the chosen people. Verse 13, But now in Christ Jesus you who, who sometimes were far off have been made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make himself of plain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereof. And came and preached peace to you which are far off and to them that are nigh. Notice the 18th verse. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Remember all morning that through Christ we have access to the Father. Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God. Until Christ came, as I said before, the Gentiles had no hope. When Christ came, he offered hope to all, to both, all those who would believe in his name. I ask you this morning to think about yourself as a Gentile and think about how important it is that Christ, the Son of God, came and died upon the cross. We can't hardly imagine how important that is or how important that was to the Gentiles, but it should be the same to us today, and it is to the group that's here together today. I believe that with all my heart. But there are all, throughout the world, there are those that do not believe. And there are those that will not accept Christ. And without accepting Christ, where can they be in, in pleasing our God? In, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse number 13, 1 Corinthians 12, verse number 13. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Greeks, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink of one Spirit. So as, as we've just read, that all can be a part of that body, which we know and believe as the church that Christ died for. In Romans 5, verse number 10 through 11. For if, in we, for if when we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more being reconciled, we shall, shall be saved by His life. And not only so, but also join God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. The only way that we as humans can have salvation is through Christ. And we can join in God because of that salvation that is promised through Him. We know in order to please God, it takes faith in the Father and the Son. And again, we realize that all do not believe this 
today. Romans 5, verse 21. That sin hath reigned unto death, so might grace reign through righteousness unto the eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Why are you a Christian today? Why do you follow the teachings of the Scriptures? In hopes of eternal life. And that comes by Christ our Lord. Eternal life is through God's Son. In John 5, verse 37 through 47. John 5, verse 37. And the Father himself which has sent me hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen seen his shape. And ye have not his word abiding in you, for, for whom he has sent him you believe not. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And you will not come to me that you might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you that you have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him will you receive. And seek not the honor that cometh from God. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. He's talking to those that, as we said before, his own would not receive him. And he said, I'll not accuse you to the Father. Why would he not do that when they refused to recognize Christ? The end of that verse reads this way. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom you trust. The law of Moses that you've lived by, that you have trusted in, will accuse you because you have not received the Son. For had you believed Moses, you would have believed me. For he wrote of me. But if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? Jesus said, you should have believed Moses because those writings, and we could go to a lot of those things that was prophesied and told about Christ's coming and what Christ would be and what he would mean to all of us. But they did not receive it. Moses wrote about it. We have it written down so we can go and see those prophecies today. They did not receive it. God bore witness of his son. His people would not believe. For whom the Lord sent, they would not believe. Christ said, if you would have believed Moses, the one you trusted in, the one that gave you the law, you would believe in me because he's the one that wrote of me. You know, it's amazing to me that we have the word written down that we can read from day to day, yet sometimes we do not receive the teachings of of the scriptures. We need to be careful that we look at those words and that we retain those as he suggested here. So search the scriptures. He told them to search because they are they which testify of me. They are they that gives us that, sal- that salvation and that hope of eternal life when this life is over. In John the 8th chapter, begin with reading with verse number 13 through 19. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself, thy record is not true. 
speaking to Jesus. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I come and whither I go. You cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. You judge after the flesh, I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am the Father that sent me. It is written in your law, here's the law of Moses again, it is written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Then said they unto him, Where, where is thy father? Jesus answered, You neither know me nor my father. If you had known me, listen, you should have known my father also. You do not know me nor my father. So if we take away the fact that we believe in God and we don't believe in Christ, how can we have the blessings of God that He's promised. Because through Christ is where we get those promises, and through Christ is where we get salvation, and through Christ is where we come in a covenant relationship with our God. Jesus again, as I said, pointed to their law. He said, if you'd only believe what Moses written, has written, then you'd believe me. And again, we also have God's Word we have it in writing. We prove our belief by what we do. And the question is, can Christ be seen in us? Galatians 1, verse 1 through 5. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by men, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I read this simply to point out that Paul said, I'm an apostle by Jesus and the Father. So he was made an apostle. It took Jesus and God for him to be that apostle. In 1 John 2, verse 21 and 25, <clears throat> I have not written unto you because you know not the truth. Keep that in mind. Sometimes we tire of hearing the same thing over and over, but John here says, I, I didn't write this, what I wrote unto you, because you don't know the truth. You know it. He said, but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? Does everyone know the answer? Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He's an antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you shall, have, you shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised, even eternal life. 
Notice he said, Whosoever denieth the Son, denies the Father. Whosoever denieth the Father, denies the Son. And the promise that we have by accepting both is eternal life. All liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire. Those that do not accept both are liars. And those who do not accept both deny the truth. In 1 John 3, verse 23 and 24, 1 John 3, 23 through 34, and this is His commandment, God's commandment, that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. Notice, and he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. Hereby we know that, that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he has given us. We know that Christ is the Son of God because he, his life shows who he is. So if we believe in Christ and Christ dwelleth in us, then that same continues. Remember, keep his commandments on the name of his son, believe on the name of his son, and love one another. The great commandment is that we love one another. Let's turn to 1 John, the fourth chapter, read 7 through 15. Beloved, let us beloved, let us love one another for love of love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not God, he he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this in this was manifest the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a perpetuation for our sin. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected. And this is probably what I was trying to say about the last verse. If we love one another... God dwelleth in us. And those that we come in contact with will see that and will see God and Christ through the lives that we live. Verse 13, Hereby know we that we dwell in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in Him, and he in God. So again, we just remind us of the fact that without Christ, we're without God. With our, if we profess that we know God and we don't confess that we know Jesus, then we do not have hope in this present world. John, 1 John 5, verse 13. 
These things I've written unto you that believe. Here again, John says, I'm writing to people that believe on the name of the Son of God. That you may know that you have eternal life and, they, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. He said, I'm writing to you that believe. That's who I'm talking to this morning, you that believe. And because you believe in the Father and the Son and because you've obeyed the gospel, you have eternal life. And again and again and again, that's what our hope is for in this world. If we don't receive the crown at the end of this life, our life has been useful, useless. Excuse me. In John 17, verse 20 and 21, Jesus said, "Neither, sorry, John said, neither pray for these, neither pray for these alone." He's talking about the, the apostles. For it, for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Jesus prayed for the ones, the apostles that were taking the gospel to the world. And he prayed for those that would believe because they heard the word. That they may all be one. So what is the process that we've talked about is that Christ and the Father is one. So if we're living the life that we should live, then we should be as one with Christ and one with the Father. That they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. As I said before, if Christ lives in us, the world sees God through Christ and through our life. You see, when we fail, then we give a false message, and the world has no reason to believe what we believe. Those that believe and obey God's word show the world both the Father and the Son. Let's turn to John, the 14th chapter. Very familiar reading. We're going to read verse 1 through 12. Let's turn to John, the 14th chapter. Begin reading with verse number 1 and go through verse number 12. Very familiar, as I said before. Let not your heart be troubled, speaking to the apostles. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way, you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not where thou goest, and how can we know the way? Thomas had walked with Christ. He had been taught by Christ. He had been told of the things that would happen. He said, we don't know the way. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Keep that in mind as we try to keep the subject together. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Through Christ, we have an advocate. We have a place that we can come to the Father. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. From henceforth, you know him and have seen him. You've seen God through me as Christ, he said. 
Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me, listen, he that has seen me has seen the Father, and how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth. He, do, he, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the works' sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do on me, the works that I do shall be, he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father. We see the very ones that were following Christ from day to day had doubts about the fact that he says, you know where I'm going. I've taught you these things. But then they still had the question. And it brings to mind me and brings it back as we oftentimes talk about the children of Israel and how that they denied God. They denied Christ. They, many times they turned away believing in the law of Moses. We believe in the book of the Bible. And if we put our faith and confidence in it, then we have our faith and confidence that Christ is the Son of God and that through Him we can have access to the Father. Matthew 28, verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Think about the question in light of the scriptures we've read this morning. Can you have salvation by believing in only one of these? I want to read John, the second chapter. It'll be verse 1 through 13. The elder unto the late lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not only, but also all those that have known the truth. For the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever. Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and in love. I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth as we have received a commandment from the Father. And now beseech thee, lady, not as though I write a new commandment unto thee, but that which was from the beginning that we love one another. And this is love that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that as ye have heard from the beginning, you shall walk in it. The reason being is given in verse 7. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and antichrist. Look to yourselves that you lose not those things which we have wrought but that you receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth, transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he has both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is a partaker in his evil deeds. 
Having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you and seek face to face that your joy may be full. The children of thy elect sister greet thee. Amen. Verse number nine is what we want to remember. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ. Where does it put those that only believe in God? Hath not God, but he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he has both the Father and the Son. In John 3, verse 18, He that believeth on him is not condemned. Hold that thought. I want us to think about that in reference to another verse that we talk about a lot. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. He that does not believe is condemned already. And we think about the world talking about Mark 16, 16, where he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. Why would the writer need to put anything else there if we think about what is said here in this verse? He that believeth not is condemned already. So he said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So there was no reason to go ahead and say, if he's not, if, if he's not baptized, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. The one that believeth not is condemned already. John 20, verse 30 and 31. <clears throat> and many other signs truly his, did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you might believe that, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, that by believing you might have life through his name. So we don't need any more record. We don't need to be digging any deeper to find other issues or that have been written from times past. We have the written word of God, and he said these are enough. These were written to cause you to believe, to believe on the Son of God, and that we might have life through his name. First John 4, verse 1 through 6. Beloved, believe not every, every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus is, is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus is Christ come in the flesh is not of God. This is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should, should come, and even now already is in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. Ye are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. He said that in order to have the blessing of God, we have to confess Christ. 
He said, those that do not confess him, they're of the world. And I believe from the teaching we get from this pulpit over and over and over, we see that the world has a lot of people that teach things of the world. And the world believes it. So it behooves us as Christians to not believe those things that come from the world, but only the things that come from God. How do we know the truth? By hearing and believing. The Father without the Son does not equal salvation. The Son without the Father does not equal salvation. The Father with the Son gives us the hope of eternal life. If you're here this morning and have never obeyed the gospel, we want to offer an invitation. If you've been taught and you realize that the thing that you must do is believe in Christ, and in believing in Christ, you believe in God and His will and what it pertains to us, and you want to obey the gospel by being buried with Him in baptism, we offer you that invitation at this time. If there be one or more that need the prayer of the church, won't you come as together we stand and sing?